I love Legos. And I love Star Wars. That's a good fit for me. I absolutely love Legos. When I was a kid, I'm the third of four boys. And and there's one advantage to being the third of four boys, and it's this. Your older brothers get Legos, and you get Legos, and your older brothers outgrow Legos, and they become your Legos, right? So when I was a kid, we had this Lego bin about this tall, and, and when we wanted to go in our room and play with them, because we weren't allowed to play with them out in the living room, it was grab the Lego bin and dump it all over the floor. And we just had a blast, me and my brothers, building, creating, destroying, rebuilding, teasing, building some more, saying, man, I don't know what you were thinking building that. And we just had a blast building Legos. I love Legos. And then I had a son, and I got to relive my Lego life again. Now, when my son first got into Legos, now moms or dads, you might be able to identify this. It wasn't all that fun. Because my son had uncles that thought, let's buy him the big giant things, like a Death Star, right? And, and he can't put it together, but my brother can. And so now I'm there putting together my son's Legos as he's watching me uh, build them. And he's sitting next to me, Dad, are we almost? I'm like, no, your uncle bought a thousand-piece set. We're not even close to done, right? And we're building, and my son's watching, and we're building, and, and we're having a blast. And I'm one of those guys that I need the manual in order to build. I'm not a good builder apart from the manual. And... And so I would be building. Well, my son and I went through three stages of Lego building, all right? First, I would build, and he would watch. And then he would play, and then he would destroy it, and I would just do this, and then I'd build it again. Then we got to this stage where he and I would build together. And then we got to this stage where one day he said, Dad, I want to build this, and he held up this gift he just got, about a 500-piece set. I said, Son, i, I got to go to work today. I, I can't build it. But when I get home, he said, No, Dad, I'm going to do it on my own okay. And I came home and found this big uh, 500 piece Lego set built into a Lego set. So my, my son and I went through these three phases. Now I need, I need the instructions. So I've looked at, so courtesy of my son, some of his past manuals, the uh, Ninjago Dragon. I don't even know what this thing even is. Uh, oh yeah, right? Oh, like an early tool Tim man, right? Oh, uh, I got some kind of Star Wars shooting thing. It just has a Disney stamp on it because Disney owns everything. I got the Batmobile. Yeah, all courtesy of my son. I got, I, now, today's Legos are brought to you in part by Big E's Lego Construction. Big E is my son, and he's allowed me to generously borrow one of his many bins of Legos that we have over here in the corner. So um, my son's not in this service, but I just want to say thank you to my son for letting me play with his toys today. And some of you are going to get a chance to play with his toys in a minute, too. So if you're here, and you're from Life Kids, and you think you're an expert Lego builder, in a few minutes, I'm going to need two of you. Now, now don't put your hand up yet, man, because you don't even know what the game is. All right? And I saw that hand back there. I know your dad, and I know why you're like, oh, yeah, I can do it. Like, yeah. All right, so here we go. Here's what I need. This morning, we're going to get some Lego builders in just a minute. Before we do that, I want to talk about blueprints or instruction manuals. And when it comes to blueprints, some of us, we, we need them. We need to rely on them, right? We, we need them to build. You saw the kid up there kind of flipping the pages and his need for the blueprints. But I don't want to talk about blueprints for Lego building. I want to talk about the blueprints for building a life that is rooted in Christ. What does that look like? In a moment, we're going to get some volunteers up here. But I want to begin by, by starting with this concept. We just last week began looking at First Thessalonians and this concept of being faithful. That we're calling ourselves this next couple of weeks to 
be um, faithful to the word of God, faithful to the word of God as our authority, faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ as our king. And we said last week as we opened 1 Thessalonians, in order to do that, we have to burn some ships. We used the illustration of Hernan Cortes, the Spanish explorer who landed in Mexico and wanted his men focused on their task at hand. So in the harbor, he burned some ships so they couldn't go back to their old way of life, but had no, uh, no other op- option but to move forward with the task at hand. So we said last week, if we want to be faithful to God, we have some ships in our harbor that we have to burn because they're holding us back from being faithful to God. This morning, here's our big idea. We're going to play off this idea of the blueprint or the manual. We want to be uh, faithful blueprints of the gospel lived out, all right? We're going to talk about what is in our life worth imitating that is honoring to Christ, or maybe there's some things we have to clean up in our life to be a a better blueprint as to what it looks like to follow Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians 1, and again, if you're one of my older life kids and you think you're a really good Lego builder, I mean like you don't even need the instructions to build, I'm going to need you in a moment, two of you, okay? So just kind of hang with me. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayers, embracing before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and the Holy Spirit. And with full conviction, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we not need say anything For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. I want us to think about this blueprint or this design that we're called to be that is worth following or imitating so we can lead others in a life of Christ. Now, I need two really good Lego builders. Hold up, don't put your hands up yet. Because one of you aren't going to get instruction manuals, all right? One of you is going to get the boneyard of just Biggie's Lego bin, and one of you is going to get a box with some instructions in it. So I need two really good Lego builders. And if I don't call you, I got something else for you. All right, I need to see hands. There's a girl right in the back. You want to come up? Yeah, come on up. All right, let's give her a hand. And um, I'll tell you, are you two brothers? Yeah, let's do this. Come on up together. All right, all right. I don't have a mic other than this one. You don't want to get this one. What's, what's your name, hon? Riley. Riley. Good to have you. Good to meet you. I'm Matt. Good to have you this morning in church. We're glad you're here. All right, brothers. Is your mom worried you're on stage together? Are we okay? Your mom's not here. Okay. I should have found that out before I called you up. I am, I, you, you can't script kids, so this is bad. What's your name, bud? Jack. Jack? And what's your name? Easton. 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 Nice to meet you. I'm Matt. Jack. Nice to meet you. All right. I'm going to let you have first pick because ladies first. Right, gentlemen? All right, that's right. I like it. I got a good yes. Good job. Ladies first. Would you like the bin with the instructions or the boneyard with no instructions? The bin with the instructions. The bin with the instructions. I thought you would. Come on. 
All right, Jack and Easton, come on. All right, here's what I need you to do while I'm speaking. And you can be as loud as you need to be. You're not going to bother me one bit. I need you to build me a race car. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's already cracking his knuckles. I'm good at this. All right, Riley. So Jack and Easton aren't, like, tempted to cheat off of yours. You take this, and you can go over to that side. Just start building. You're not going to cheat because you're good men, right? That's right. Because ladies first. I like it. This is candy. You get this later. Okay. okay. That's right. Welcome to my son's boneyard. I don't even know what's in here. I need a race car. A good... No, no, look at me. Look at me. I don't need, like, little four tires and this little kind of two-by-two. Two. I need a race car. A man race car. You got it for me? Like three wheels. Yes. Yes. This is completely unscripted and I'm sweating like crazy. All right, boys, you ready? Go. Riley, you go to work. You have fun. All right, while they're building, I want to talk about being a faithful blueprint. Those guys can have fun. If I didn't pick you and you got a life kit sheet, here's what I need you to do. Flip your paper over and it's blank. Draw some good blueprints of what a race car would look like. I want you to show your mom or dad or grandma and grandpa when they come, brought you. And I don't want just a picture of a car. I mean, show me the side, the front, the back, the top. Make some good drawings. Have some fun, all right? Parents, let's lock in here and talk about what it means to be a faithful blueprint. You're going to hear a lot of Legos going around. Don't worry. We'll get to you in a moment. We'll check on you in a little bit. All right. If I want to be a faithful blueprint of the gospel, I want to be a life worthy to be imitated by others. What do I need to do? Let's look at four things real quick, okay? The first one is this. If I want to be a faithful blueprint that, that people can look at my life and say, yep, that's a life rooted in God and the gospel, and it's worth following. Number one, I need to make God's kingdom my top priority. Let's look at verses one through four again, starting in verse two. We give thanks to God always for you, constantly mentioning our prayers. So Paul says, look, I am always thanking God for you in my prayers. I'm always praying for you, and I'm always thanking God. Why is Paul so excited and thanking God for them in his prayers? How are you boys doing? We're okay? Good. Why is he always thanking God in his prayers? He says, I remember before God and our Father your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, look, man, faith, hope, and love. I thank God because you have faith, hope, and love. When he says you have a work of faith, he's not saying you worked so God would approve you. We just celebrated baptism. What we celebrate is Christ does all the work for you, right? That in Christ and in Christ alone we are made right with the Father. But we celebrate that in Christ I'm working out my faith, I'm growing in my faith. He says, I praise God because you have a work of faith, a labor of love, and you have a, a hope in Christ that isn't going to waver. Now, I want to focus in on this word labor for labor of love. The word actually means I'm weary to the point of exhaustion. I mean, I am spending everything in this. I am laboring in love. I am weary and exhausted by pouring out Christ's love to other people. I remember a few months back, a few years ago, I was in Thailand, and Dr. Ramesh Richard from the G-Pro Congress said this. He said, the world is run by tired people, right? Moms and dads, right? The world is run by tired people. I mean, we, we exhaust ourselves. We are exhausted in the day in and day out grind. He is right. We expend a lot of energy day in and day out. But here's my question for you. 
are you expending your energy in the right places? Are you exhausted because you're running a thousand miles an hour, chasing things, pouring into things that in the end, a thousand years from now, aren't going to matter? Are you exhausted because you're pouring into, laboring in the love of Christ? Now this morning, I'm going to encourage you and challenge you to be a blueprint for the gospel. What I'm not saying is this. I'm not saying, you know what, in your weariness, you need to add on to it, loving Christ more. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. You're weary. I mean, some of you are, are just flat out exhausted because you're chasing things that a thousand years from now won't matter. You are. Some of you are weary because your moms and dads and your husbands and wives and you're killing it. I get that. And I, I applaud you. I commend you. But some of you are wasting energy and some of your energy, even as moms and dads and husbands and, and, and wives, are being wasted by chasing things that have no eternal worth. We're stretched thin, and we don't have much left to give. This morning, I want to think again about that concept of burning ships. Now, you've got some ships in the harbor, and it's this. Here's the first one I want us to think about. There are ships in our harbors that are robbing us of our best energy for God. They just are. Think about them in your own life. You're chasing things. You're filling your hours with things that in the end don't matter. And I am too. There are some ships in your harbor that are robbing you of your best energy for the kingdom that you need to say, you know what, I need to cut these things out of my life because they are robbing me of my best energy that God deserves. How are you doing, Riley? We're doing well. You're building great. Good job. Okay, the boys over there are having fun. Good. All right. A faithful blueprint of the gospel. It begins by making God's kingdom their top priority. This doesn't mean you have to quit your jobs. I'm not saying you have to run out and stop being whatever you're being. What I'm saying is this. Take an honest assessment of your days, your weeks, your hours, your habits, and ask yourself, are you robbing God of your best energy because you're chasing things that don't matter? Because if you are, you are displaying to those around you that those things matter more than God. That's the blueprint you're designing for those following you. Here's number two. You want to be a faithful blueprint of the gospel, make God's kingdom your top priority. Number two, display habits and characteristics that are worthy to be mimicked. Let's look at verse 5, 6, and 7. Because our gospel came to you not only in the word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. And with full conviction, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. So in verse 5 he says, listen, the gospel arrived in Thessalonica. But we didn't just tell you the gospel, Paul says. We lived it out the gospel came in power it came in the holy spirit it came with full conviction and at the end of the day he says in verse 5 you got to see what type of people we were we didn't just talk about the gospel we lived it out we became people that you were to look at verse 6 you became imitators if you have the esv you became imitators of us and of the lord 
That word imitate, it means actually to mimic. Did you ever play that game when, when you were a kid that you would just mimic whatever else somebody else was doing? Did you ever do that one? Kids, you ever play that game where you just mimic what everyone else is doing? All right, I don't think you're tracking me. I need two kids to come up and who wants to play a game real quick. I need two kids, life kids. Come on. All right, come on. And come on. Yeah, yeah. All right, come on up. Can you help up? All right. Oh, you're up. You're good. Okay. Can you help up? What's your name, bud? Wow. That was impressive. What's your name? Clayton. Clayton. Good to have you. What's your name? My name is Faith. Faith. Good to have you, sweetie. What's your name? I am Joshua. Joshua. Good to have you, buddy. All right. Good to have you guys up here. Let's welcome them to the stage. Yeah? Right? Yeah? All right. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to do whatever you want to do up here that's not going to embarrass your mom and dad or whoever brought you, okay? <laughs> Doesn't matter what you do. You just be silly and you don't embarrass your mom and dad because I don't, I don't want to have a lecture afterwards, okay? All right. Know what I need you two to do? Copy everything he does. Everything. Every single thing he does. All right, now here's the game. When I say stop, you don't imitate me by saying stop. We actually stop, okay? Is that good? All right, are we ready? On the count of three, one, two, three, go. Do whatever you want. There you go. Imitate him. My brothers and I used to play this game for hours, and it was actually really pretty annoying. And, and what you would do is the little brothers, you would just try to imitate everything your older brother was doing. Everything. And if they did it, you did it. If they said it, you said it. You kept doing it and doing it just to drive them nuts. And you tried to get them to stop. And they wouldn't stop, right? He's, he's just, everything that you do, you do, right? My brothers and I did this all the time in the car. It drove my mom and dad nuts, right? Just, uh, anyone else ever play this game? Okay, okay. Hey, guys, you did a great job. Stop. All right. Here's what I need you to uh, Go grab a couple pieces of candy and have fun. Yep, grab a couple pieces. Uh, have those after whoever your parental unit says you can, not before. All right. Let's talk about mimicking. Silly game, right? A child's game. It's a child's game. I used to play with my brothers all the time. I had kids in youth ministry for years. And I'd say, you know what, man? That kid doesn't make much sense. Yeah, you want to use the stairs there? There we go. Okay, hold on. I'd say, that, those, those, that kid doesn't make real sense. And then I'd meet their parents. And that kid made a lot of sense. Because that kid was just being their parents. What they saw, they did. I, I, I've got a, I got a wife, right, and three kids, and there's times she says, they get that from you. And I don't think she means that in a joyful way, right? What in your life is worthy to be imitated? We play a, an imitating game like kids and have fun with it, but parents, grandparents schoolmates, co-workers, what are you showing them is worth imitating as a life of Christ? What are you showing them is these are the habits of what a Christian looks like. I'm not talking about perfection. We're, we're not going to walk in perfect obedience. And that's an opportunity for us to point back to the cross and show our need from the cross. But what are you showing as habits that are worthy to be imitated as people are walking alongside of you? What habits are you saying, this is what a Christian looks like. Mimic it. Imitate it. Paul says here in verse 5, you became, in verse 6, you became imitators of us. We showed you what it looks like to walk in Christ, and you followed that example. 
All right, here's a ship we need to think about burning, and it's this. You have habits, characteristics in your life that are not God-honoring and are not worthy to be mimicked. And you're going to turn around one day and wonder why your child or your coworker or your friend or your spouse is doing the same thing that is not honoring to God, and don't be surprised. Because you're setting the tone and you're setting the cadence. Parents, you've got your kids in here. I want to challenge you. What in your life is worthy to be imitated to say to those young hearts and minds that you're molding, this is what it means to be a Christian? Those of you who are here without kids, or maybe your grandparents now, what are you displaying to your coworkers, to your friends, to your community, saying, this is what a Christian looks like in all of their failings and all their desire to walk in obedience? There are some habits that are not worthy to be mimicked, and we need to burn those, and we need to burn those quickly. Because before we know it, we're going to turn around, and there's going to be people walking in our steps, in those same steps, and it's not going to look Christ-honoring. I'm going to call a timeout real quick. Boys, how you doing over here? You need help? You're good. All right. Riley, you need an extra helper? Do you want to go get a helper? Can you have someone get this off? Okay, you need a helper, because i got to get back to the sermon. All right. Um, I don't know that that comes off. Who wants to help Riley here real quick? You in the back. Yeah, come on. Uh, uh, yeah, Lowell. Come on. Okay, he's going to be your helper. I don't think this comes off. I don't know. All right. It does. It does? I put, I put you did? Yeah. Okay, he's going to help you, because i got to get back to my sermon. Okay? All right, you're doing a great job, honey. Keep working. Faithful blueprints of the gospel make God's kingdom your top priority. Display habits and characteristics worthy to be mimicked. Here's number three. A faithful blueprint of the gospel finds joy in the Lord during times of affliction. Last week, if you were here, we saw the background of where this church came from in Acts 17. Paul comes into town and preaches the gospel, preaches the word and says, the word is our authority and Christ is king. People come to Christ. People in the community are not happy. They run Paul out of town. They start a riot. After Paul leaves, the trouble doesn't stop. It continues. And Paul says, after they left, this persecution stays. And look at what he says here in verse 6. You became imitators of us and the Lord. You received the word in much affliction. That word means intense pressure. And you received it with joy of the Holy Spirit. So that, now when he says so that, he's saying this is why this happened. You received the word with joy, in affliction, we had trouble. That trouble was not haphazard. It was there so that you would find a joy in the Lord and, verse 7, you can become the example for the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Listen to what he's saying. He says, intense pressure came in so you could show, we could show you what it looks like to be joyful in the Lord. Now I'm going to say this lovingly. For some of us, we're like grapes. And when we get squeezed, the only thing that comes out of us is wine. Oh, life is so hard. So hard. Now look, I'm going to say this. Some of you, it is. Some of you have been working through some difficult things in life. Some of you have worked through some difficult back history stories that I'm not making fun of here. But some of us, let's be really honest. Wine comes out of us a lot when it doesn't need to, right? I remember a couple of months back, I, I sliced my, my right thumb, and I had to bandage it. And all week long, it was so hard to text. 
and I let my wife know it. It's hard to text, honey, I have to do this. I couldn't scroll my social media. Such a first world problem, right? Some of us, we, we, we treat some of those things like they're catastrophic. And they're not. Some of us as Christians walk around, the only thing that we're displaying is wine about how difficult life is. And for some, you, you, you have some tough things going on. But if we're really honest, there's some things that we whine about that really like, do you, is your life that bad? Is it really that bad? He says, listen, in the midst of affliction, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we went through difficult times, intense pressure, so that there could be a joy in the Lord and you could be an example. Did you ever think that maybe some of the difficulties that are coming into your life are there so you can be an example of joy in the Lord? I don't mean phony joy. I don't mean like, oh, everything's great. I mean, but like, hey, I'm rooted in Christ. I'm not moving. Christ is, is my everything. And I find joy in him in the midst of these difficult circumstances. He says, listen, these circumstances came, verse 7, so that you became an example. And actually the word that is used for example is the word that we would use for blueprint. Listen to what he just said. We came to you. We give thanks to you. We praise God for you. Because you are pouring yourself out for Christ. You are loving people for Christ. God's kingdom is your top priority. And we came in and displayed characteristics and said, this is what it means to follow Christ. And we did so joyfully in the midst of, in the, in the midst of very difficult times. We did it so that we could show you what it was like to be in Christ, so that you could show others what it looks like to be in Christ. Notice what he says here. He says, you imitated us, you mimicked us, learned what it was like to walk in Christ, and now you're the blueprint you followed us to see this is what it looks like to live in Christ so that you can now be the blueprint and say, guys, this is what it looks like to walk in Christ. A faithful blueprint of the gospel makes God's kingdom their top priority. They've got to burn some ships of things that are robbing God of their best energy. They display habits and characteristics worthy to be mimicked. You've got to burn some ships of some characteristics that you're going, these just are not God-honoring. These are taking time away from God. I need to get rid of them. And they find joy in difficult times. Not a phony joy, but I am rooted in Christ. He's bigger than this. He has this. We're going to walk through it with him leading the way. Here's the fourth thing, and we're going to do this quickly. A faithful blueprint of the gospel turns their life toward God with an eternal perspective. Let's look at the last three verses we've been walking through this. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Caia, but you... Your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that, again, we see that word so that, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. He says, listen, you, you want to be a faithful blueprint of the gospel, make, make Christ your top priority, make his kingdom your top priority, and, and then you need to just 
uh, start cutting out the habits and characteristics that are not God-honoring to say, listen, I, I need to be walking toward God and with God. I need to find joy with God during the difficult times so that people can see this is what a life in Christ is rooted in. And here's what I do. I, I turn my life toward God with an internal perspective. That's how I can find joy in the midst of difficulties because this isn't the end. Listen to what he says here in verses 8, 9, and 10. He says, the word has gone forth everywhere, verse 8. The, the word actually means blasted forth. The word of God has blasted forth throughout all of Macedonia. Remember last week, Thessalonica was the capital of the Macedonia area. He says, listen, you guys have been laboring for the kingdom. You guys mimicked mature believers. You guys were faithful during difficult times so that you could be an example to other people of what it looks like to walk in Christ. What was the result of all this? The word of God has blasted forth. It's gone beyond your borders. We don't even have to talk about you guys because everybody knows who you are in Christ. You turned, you serve, and you're waiting. You turned, you made a complete turn from worthless idols. We'll get to that term in just a moment. You're serving and you're waiting for Christ. He says, listen, everybody knows about you. Let's just be really blunt and honest. There's some churches everybody knows about and it ain't for honoring God. And I don't say that hilariously. I say that sadly. We don't want to be that. Everybody knows about you. They know the word of God is blasting forward that you are genuine believers in Christ trying to live for him. You turned. It means I did a 180. I was walking this way and I'm walking this way. I heard a great video this past week, at, uh, two weeks ago at Life Group, at my life group. And, and they talked about, when, when we talk about conversion, we, we talk about it negatively sometimes. You need to stop doing these things. And we forget the positive aspect of salvation. Yeah, you know what? When I come to Christ, there's some things I need to stop doing. That's the negative aspect of it. But there's things I need to start doing. Walking with him. Conversion isn't just stop doing this and make Jesus happy. Conversion is, I was walking this way with God. It wasn't honoring to him. I'm now walking this way with him. I'm doing these things proactively. I am, as he says, I'm turning from worthless idols to serve, and that term means a bond slave. I'm serving the Lord, and I'm waiting with anticipation for the time I stand before Christ, either in my death or his return, because he, in his finished work at the cross, has saved me from God's wrath to come. Now, I want to talk very briefly about this concept of worthless idols, because none of us probably have idols in our house, right? None of us probably have uh, a little trinkets that we're bowing down to. To steal the words of Jack Sparrow from the Pirates of the Caribbean, not all treasure is gold, mate. Right? An idol, get out of your mind that an idol is just a statue. An idol is anything that you're looking to other than God to satisfy the thirsts of your heart. That's what an idol is. We gloss over this so quickly because we go, I don't have idols in my house. An idol is anything other than God that you look to to satisfy the thirsts 
of your heart. Think of Psalm 42, as the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. What is your soul longing for? What are you looking to to satisfy the thirsts of your heart? What is it in your life other than God that you look to that says, this makes me feel complete? Now I feel joy. Now I feel full. That's your idol. And it's sitting where Christ belongs. Don't read this verse and think, man, wow, those guys turn from really bad gods and goddesses as you talked about last week, but I'm good. No. What are you looking for to satisfy the thirst of your heart? So here's what I need to think about. Last ship we're going to burn. Then we're going to get back to our Lego builders here. What is robbing me of my best energy for the kingdom? What habits are not worth to be mimicked? What are, am I joyful during affliction? Here's my fourth ship. What other than God is satisfying the thirst of your heart? Because it's in your harbor and it's holding you back and it needs to be burned. And I would even say this. I'm going to say this with great sensitivity. Parents, I'll talk to you for just a moment. Sometimes we wrap our identities in being a mom, a dad, a husband, or a wife, and we can be guilty of turning our families and our children into idols. You don't get your value from being a mom, or a dad, or a husband, or a father. You get your identity from Jesus Christ. And as a follower of Christ, you pour all of your energy into being that mother, or father, or husband, or wife. But not for a moment is that what is to satisfy the thirst of your heart that I need to be a good mother or a better father. You need to honor God in that role, but don't let it identify you. And I would suggest that for some of us, the ship that needs to burn is this idol of motherhood or fatherhood or being a spouse. If I'm childless, that might be an idol that I just think that's what's going to satisfy me. And that might bring a lot of pain. If I'm single, an idol might even be, I don't feel complete because I don't have that mate. Let Christ satisfy the thirsts of your heart and let the stage you're in flow out of that so you can be the husband, the father, the mother, the wife, the single person that God has called you to be. Honor him where you are. Faithful blueprint of the gospel makes God's kingdom a top priority. It's one that's worthy to be mimicked. It finds joy in the Lord during difficult times, and it turns their life toward God with an eternal, long-term perspective. Okay, so without a blueprint, for me, let's wrap this up. When I don't have this, I can't build the Batmobile. My son is good at it. I am not. I need this. I need the example. When our lives are walking and claiming to be followers of Christ, we're telling people, I'm the blueprint. I'm an example of what a Christ-like follower looks like. What kind of blueprint are you setting? What kind of blueprint are you making? We need to consider ships that need to be burned so we can be better blueprints for God. Now, let's close this out. Let's see what you got here. Wow, you guys rocked it. All right, come on up. 
You even put, you found buried in there an Optimus Prime Transformer symbol. How you found that, I don't know, but you can see my son's love. You got a little knight helmet. This is, you guys rock this. Excellent. So let me ask you a question. Was this hard to do? No, it was not really. It was easy. You're blowing my illustration. This was easy. <laughs> Why was it easy? Watch yourself. You're going to fall off here, big guy. Why was it easy? You had nothing to follow, so you were free to do whatever you wanted. You could make whatever you want, which could have been good or bad. You see where this is going? Where's it going? It's going to a Bible verse. A Bible lesson, yes. It's going toward a Bible lesson. When you don't have the blueprint, I mean, this is good. It's not quite a race car. It's good. But when you don't have the blueprint, you're free to make whatever you want, right? Including a life that may not look like a Christ-like life. Guys, awesome job. Go grab some candy. It's fragile. All right, you two, come on over here. You're not done yet. It's okay. It's okay. Unlike what the world is telling you now, there are some times where projects are really due. <laughs> and it's now, and it's okay. What'd you do? Let's see. How'd it go? It looks good. So what do you got? And it's going to be hard to get up from here. That looks good. How has the blueprint helped you? It's been really good. Has it given you kind of a model of what it's supposed to look like? Yeah. yeah. Did you, would it be hard to build this without the blueprint? Yeah. Did you find this fun? Yeah. I appreciate your guys' help. The blueprint makes a big difference, doesn't it? Because without this, you wouldn't even probably got that far. So I appreciate your help. Go grab some candy in the corner. I'm going to take this. Guys, I'm going to say this real quick. Go ahead. Grab some candy. Oh, this is going to take a while. There we go. I don't want to make this a giant commercial, but I'm going to say this real quick. It's good to have our life kids in here this morning. I am glad. Thank you, guys. If you haven't been back there, um, there are people who are back there killing it for life kids Sunday in and Sunday out and doing a great job. And I don't want to make this like a giant commercial, but I would suggest this. If you want to invest in things that matter, I mean, you really want to invest in things that matter, look around you. You have young hearts. You have young souls that we are called by God to be shaping right now. They're here every Sunday. We are sometimes, and I don't mean this negatively, sometimes at church we can be so focused outside our walls that to use a John MacArthur line, we fail to remember that we're called to also reach the reached. That we have kids in our church every Sunday who need to see and hear the gospel. They need to hear it lived out. They need to see it lived out. And I would encourage you, if you're not invested in an area like that, but maybe want to invest in something that matters eternally, I'm not asking you to fill a slot. I'm not saying, hey, sign up to volunteer. What I'm saying is, if you want to make eternal impacts, I would strongly encourage you to think about how you could be called, not to volunteer in Life Kids, but how you could be used to help shape, guide, and direct the young hearts and souls that God has blessed us with as a church, and we had the privilege to worship with this morning. If you're not, if you are involved in that ministry, let me start by beginning to say thank you for investing in eternity with these hearts and souls. Keep living it out each Sunday. Keep it matters, even when it doesn't feel like it does. A few weeks ago, I gave a sermon in uh, Tween Life, and I started mentioning people like Dave Stevenson. Started mentioning people like Kathy Peak. I started mentioning people like Bob Carnegie and Naomi Brown. The kids said, "Who's that?" I said, "They were my Life Kids leaders." when I was in fourth grade. They said, how do you still remember their names? I said, because they love me and they showed me the gospel and I still remember them today. Some of them have gone home to be with the Lord. 
but the impact they have left in my life as a 43-year-old man still matters today. Invest in things that matter. This is one of the areas that you can today, low-hanging fruit, an opportunity for you to get involved very easily. If you want to, check out the Connect Center. We would love to have you invest in areas that matter for eternity where you can be a blueprint in these walls and outside these walls. Thank you.